This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, we're in a series called Now I See. We are talked the last couple weeks about a couple different topics where we're just pulling apart the Word of God and we're bringing revelation and understanding. And today we're going to talk about uh, my message is called Renew. If you're taking notes, and I highly suggest take notes, write down what God's speaking to you, even if it's in your phone, if it's something, when God speaks to you, write something down. But today is called uh, Renewed, and we're going to talk today about a topic that, honestly, I talk a lot about, and it's how to live in victory in Jesus. And it's something that I believe is kind of a, kind of a call upon this house, is helping people learn how to live the victorious life in Jesus Christ. Jesus never intended for you and I to live in lack. Jesus never intended for you and I to not live with, with uh, authority, to not live with victory flowing through our life. Jesus paid way too much on the cross for me and you, for us to live in victory but we have to have revelation and understanding on how to live in victory in him. Amen? So we're going to look at that today. So go with me to Romans. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. How many Bibles, like real Bibles, do we have here today? Anybody? Yeah, raise them up. Raise them up. Yeah, woo-woo. All right, there we go. How about phone Bibles? Phone Bibles. How many phone Bibles? Yeah, phone Bibles. That's what I'm talking about, too. It's good stuff. Romans 8. Uh, we're going to look at a few verses, 1 through, I believe, 7 or 8 today. Um, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I know I've, I've kind of shared about that Passion Translation a couple years ago. Um, some people that are way smarter than me got together and said, we want to write a version of the Bible that is as close to the original language as absolutely possible. And so um, it's a beautiful, beautiful version of the Bible. So Romans 8, verse 1, it says this. So now the case is close. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in the life union with Jesus, the anointed one. I love that version, the anointed one. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life flowing through Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Case closed. On what? You know, that's a question. What case are we closing? Well, we're closing the case of sin. Anybody ever had a, um, nobody's going to raise their hand to this. Anybody ever been served papers before, a judgment put against them, a lien put against them? Yeah, all, everybody in here, everybody's like, no way am I raising my hand right now. That is, that is not happening. Shannon's got his hand up. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you for being honest, Shannon. Me too, okay? Listen, we've all, we've had some bad days before. Okay, listen, there was a case set against you and me. And there was a judgment made against us on our soul because we don't live out a perfect life. We don't live a sinless life. The Word of God tells us all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standards. So there was a judgment put against our lives that the reality was that we're not supposed to receive the grace of God. We are supposed to receive what was meant for the devil and for his followers. 
But Jesus comes and he takes our place. And the Bible says this, that when Jesus comes and he takes our place and he takes our sin and he takes our shame and he takes our guilt, the Bible says now there is no one to accuse you any longer of anything because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And this is what's beautiful about the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that he accepts you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're accepted today. You're accepted, okay? You're accepted. Now, now, listen, that was so weak. You're like, yeah, you're accepted. You're accepted. Oh, you got to be like, you're accepted. You're accepted in this house. You're accepted in Christ's home. He loves you. He's for you. He's really not against you. He accepts you for who you are today. That's a big deal. I don't know about you, but growing up, I felt like I had to get everything right before God could accept me. He just accepts us for who we are. And this is what the gospel is. And this is beautiful. Now, this is part one, part step one of what we would call is the renewed mind. Okay? This is part one. But many people in many churches, they just want to stop right there. They're like, man, I like that. That's good news. That makes me happy. It fills up my soul. But you know what the reality is? I still want to do what I want to do. I still want to live life how I want to live life. I still want to live by my opinions and my thoughts and what I think of culture and what I think of life. And, and I want to do what I want to do. So can we just stop right there? And can we just go, yeah, Jesus loves me no matter what. And he really does no matter what. But still, it's not living the renewed, victorious life that Christ has for us. You, you with me? I know, yeah, some of you are like, man, don't step on my toes this morning. Like, you know. The Lord's good. He's really, really good. So we're going to look at this, okay? Verse 3 says this. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent his son in human form to identify with our human weakness. Close with humility, God's son gave his body as a sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn guilt and the power of sin. Verse 4. So now... Every right and righteous law has been fulfilled through Jesus living his life in us. What law is he talking about? He's talking about the law of the Old Testament, 613 laws that God gave the people of Israel to fulfill. And what was the law doing? The law was showing us what? We can't fulfill them all. Only Jesus could fulfill them all. But because Jesus fulfilled them all, and because we believe in Jesus, and because Christ lives inside of us, He's fulfilling them for us. Can I get an amen today? Aren't you glad that you don't have to fulfill? I mean, could you even remember 613 laws? You know, I'd have a hard time. and be like, we need some checklists around here. You know what I mean? We'd be writing them on the building and, you know. goes on to say this. We are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit's role in our life in leading and guiding us to live the victorious life that God has for us. Now, the Lord reveals himself in three different ways. Okay? He's the triune God. Okay? So he's going to reveal himself as God the Father, number one. Then he's going to reveal himself as Jesus the Son, 
But then Jesus said, I'm going to go back to the Father, and I'm going to send what? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Okay? I'm going to make sure that you have a comforter and aid somebody with you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you in this life. Now, the question is this. What is the Holy Spirit's job in our life on the daily? Okay, Because that's how God wants us to live. God never intends for us to live from Sunday to Sunday. God intends for us to live in harmony, in community, in relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. So we need to understand the Holy Spirit's job. John chapter 16, we're going to look at verse 8, 7 through 8. Verse 7 says, here, here is the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager, says in the Passion Translation, the divine encourager, meaning what? What's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit? To encourage you in this life, to help you. In this life, how many of you had a bad day this last week? Okay, you just had a rough spot, a rough patch. The rest of you are liars. We got a bunch of liars in the house today, okay? The Holy Spirit's job is to come close to you and to love on you, encourage you, to bless you, to help you, to be a divine encouragement sent from heaven to you. Goes on to say, it will not, will not release to you, but after I depart, I will send him to you. Verse 8. And he will come and he will what? Expose sin. Here's another aspect of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think sometimes when we hear expose sin, we think that the Holy Spirit's just going to make sure that everybody knows all of our mistakes and all of our failures. And he's going to make sure that everybody knows that you are a, you know, horrible sinner. And that's not the truth. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal issues inside of us so that the Lord who paid the price on Calvary for it could come and heal and restore what is broken in our souls. Amen? Okay? So he's not exposing sin to make fun of you. He's not exposing sin to put you out there. He's exposing it inside of your heart so that God can deal and heal and restore says this, he won't speak of his own message, but he will only speak what he hears from the Father. Again, here's another key of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit only speaks what the Father speaks over you. And I tell people this all the time because I think people are really kind of weirded out about the thought of, like, God speaking to them or the Holy Spirit speaking to them. And, 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 and I used to do this all the time in youth group when I was a youth pastor. I would, I would we'd be in worship. And I would ask the kids, I would say, how many of you feel like the Holy Spirit just spoke something to you? And, you know, 20, 30 hands would go up. And I would ask this question. I said, did any of you feel any guilt or shame in that moment? And all of them would go, no, nope, not one bit. And i go, exactly. Because the Father, God the Father, loves his kids so much. And he cares about them. And he's an encourager. And he's a loving father, and he's an accepting father, and he wants to bring what? Grace to you. Not guilt and shame and condemnation. So we should never fear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Even when the Holy Spirit reveals something that may be off in our life, it's always done in love. The Holy Spirit never goes, you're such a failure. 
or I can't believe you did that again, or I can't believe you said that again, or I can't believe your attitude was that way again. The Holy Spirit just kindly, gently loves us and says, hey, I got more for you. I got better for you. I got better in this relationship. I got better in this job. I have, I have, I have something good for you. He's always leading us with God's grace and God's goodness. But his job is to hear what the heavenly father in heaven is speaking over you and then speak it into your heart so that you can be encouraged, so that you can have life, so that you can have confidence about what Christ is doing in your life. Okay? Does that make sense? Verse 14 and uh, verse 15 through 18. Verse 15 says this. Loving me empowers you to obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you a Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, and he will be a be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. So here's another key to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be a friend to you. Okay? So what does that mean? That means it's intimate. Okay? Because when you have a friend, you talk about anything. You ever realize that? Like, when you are, like, hanging out, talking about your friend, like, you will talk about anything in the world that's going on in your heart. You'll just be like, man, I was just outside the other day, and I saw this bird, and that bird just really blessed me, and it just made me, that bird just really made me happy. I know that's Sarah Kramer, okay? I know she's not, I know she's not in here right now, and she loves birds. You know what I mean? But when you're, when you're friends with somebody, like, I would never, like, be like, Hey, good morning. How are you? You know what? I saw a cardinal this morning, and it was awesome, and it was so cool. And Nicole would be like, I don't know if I should be at this church. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about this guy. But when you're friends, you just share things. It's intimate. It's close. It's a relationship. That's what the Lord is revealing to us. He's saying, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to have an intimate, close-knit relationship with you. And because of this knit, close relationship that you have with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be able to hear me from heaven speak into your life. And you're going to have revelation, and you're going to have understanding about life. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I love the Holy Spirit. Goes on to say this. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you will know him what? Intimately. Intimately. And because he makes his home in you and he will live inside of you. Verse 18, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans and I will come back to you. Okay, our relationship and our responsibility with the Holy Spirit, how does this work, okay? It works like this, okay? I have to give the Holy Spirit opportunity to lead my life, okay? This is big because this is where we, a lot of us stop in the relationship with the Lord. We find out that we are know Jesus, and he saved us, and he's redeemed us, and, and, and if we go, if we die today, we're going to go to heaven, but the Lord said, I want to I lead you, I want to I guide you in everything in your life, this means that I have to make sure that I have moments in my life that I allow the Holy Spirit to actually lead me, okay, I've talked about this before, I, I did the same thing with all three boys, 
okay? And it was so funny. I did it the other day. I'll tell you. So all three boys, I trained all of them that when I put my hand down to them, they grabbed my hand. All three of them. If Luke was in this room here right now and I put my hand down like this, he would grab my hand. And I taught them that because I want them to know that when they grab my hand as a father, that I'm going to lead them to good things. Does that make sense? Because that's what a good father does. So the Holy Spirit is dropping his hand. So I, I actually thought to myself, I was walking with Michael, the other, and, I, and I went and I grabbed his hand. And he, like, grabbed it for, like, a quick second, like he used to when he was little, you know? And then he, like, kind of realized what I was doing. He was like, what are you doing, Dad? You know, he's like, I'm 14, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know. I thought I'd try it one last time, you know? <laughs> but this is the Holy Spirit's job. Holy Spirit drops his hand, and he goes, hey, listen, I want to lead you into good things that God has for you. I want to lead you into conversations that God has in store for you to have with somebody else. I want to lead you into projects like Mission Ahava so that we can gospel, we can take the gospel around the world. I want to lead you. This is the point of the Holy Spirit. But we got to give him opportunity. So how do we give him opportunity? Well, first of all, we give him opportunity by praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. You know, we pray prayers like this, like, Lord, I don't understand my children. Can I get an amen from anybody that has children, okay? You go, Lord, I don't understand my children. But guess what, Lord? I know that I know that I know that you understand my children. You created them. You know everything about them. You know how they're wired. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help me to understand how to communicate with my kids, how to make a connection with my kids, how to have a relationship with my kids. Prayer. We can Listen, that's the thing I love about prayer is we can pray about anything, and we can invite the Holy Spirit into any arena of our life. So, number one, we do it through prayer, okay? Number two, we, we do it through an opportunity that we actually open up our heart to say, Lord, I'm submitting to whatever you want, okay? Let me give you an example. Put up that picture, okay? Uh, There we go, okay. This is a picture of an antique dresser that's in my garage today, okay? And Jess is staring at me right now, like, I can't believe you're gonna talk about this right now, okay? So the other day, I get into the car with Jess, okay, and I see this antique dresser. Now, we moved this from our last house, okay, and the deal was when we were moving that she was going to give this thing away, okay, and that I was never going to see this thing again, okay. So it is now like a couple months later, and, you know, we just got done with the building, and so the other day I get into the car, and I see this dresser, okay, and I'm going to tell you what I said just how I said it, okay, I looked at the dresser, and I said, Jess, you have till Monday morning to get rid of this dresser, or this thing's going to the trash, just like that, okay? All of you just bless my wife right now, okay? (laughs) All of you, okay? And she looked at me like, "Uh uh-uh, fool, you ain't talking to me like that today, you know what I mean? It was like one of them days, like, you know, we're going to go to blows today, you know? And we got into this. Huge fight, and, you know, even at 4 o'clock, she's like, I can't believe you talked to me like that. I'm like, I can't believe that stupid dresser's still in the garage, you know. And 
you know, just normal life, right? And we're bickering and fighting about it all day. Now, if I'm submitted to allowing the Holy Spirit to lead my life, if I'm submitted to allowing God to speak into me through the Holy Spirit, I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit has something to say to me about how I treated my wife. Amen? So it took about, I wrote this down, it took about nine hours. It took about nine hours. Now, thank God it only took nine hours because there was a day and a time it would have probably taken nine days. Right? Where the Holy Spirit comes in and he goes, that is not how you treat your wife. That is not how you honor her. That's not how you love her. That's not how you honor her like you honor me. Right? See, the Holy Spirit's not leading me to bad things. The Holy Spirit's leading me to a place where I'm going to find peace and joy and harmony in my life. Amen? And we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. But we got we to gotta submit to his leading, to his guidance. There's so many ways to allow the Holy Spirit into our life. I love, I love podcasts. Can I get an amen for podcasts for anybody? Okay. We have a podcast. There's a billion other great podcasts. Hillsong, Elevation, uh, Robert Morris. I wrote down John Bevere, Bethel, Elevation. Like there's so many great podcasts out there that you can, you can pop something in and you can allow the Lord to speak to you. I love worship music. Anybody in here love worship music? Love Love worship music. Every morning, start my day with worship music. I love starting with some Hillsong or Bethel, Belonging Company. There's so many different ones out there. Just giving the Holy Spirit opportunity to start working in my heart on that day. And especially the Word of God. Listen, the Word of God is where the Holy Spirit really speaks and digs deep into our souls and gives us revelation. So point number one is this. The Holy Spirit... And the word of God is what helps to what? Renew my mind. Does that make sense? Holy Spirit's job is to help me see, the series we're doing now I see, to help me see, to go, oh, now I see correctly on how I'm supposed to honor my spouse. Now I see correctly on how I'm supposed to love my kid. Now I see correctly on what you want me to do in my job situation. Now I see correctly because I have heaven's point of view flowing in my life. I have a renewed mind. Let's keep going through Romans. Romans 8, and we're going to look at verse 5 now. We're kind of going through it. It says this. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated motivated um, to pursue spiritual realities. Verse 6. For in the midst of the flesh is death. But in the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. This is something that everyone on the planet is trying to find today. Everybody's trying to find life and peace. Everybody's trying to find satisfaction, significance. They're trying to find something that will bring joy to their life. They're trying to find peace in the midst of chaos and turmoil. 
All of us in this room, listen, every single one of us in this room, we are all trying to do the exact same thing. We all want to find life. We all want to find peace. We all want to find joy. We all want to live in victory. And the Lord is saying this. In Romans, he's saying, listen, those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, those that have a mindset that says, you know what, I surrender to the Holy Spirit, they will find life and peace. So what is this? This is a promise from God. Okay? Does that make sense? So when you see a promise from God in the word of God, you should write it down. You should write it on the mirrors of your house. You should put it in your car. You should make it aware to yourself all the time. Like, listen, if I submit to the Holy Spirit and I allow him to lead my life, I will find life and peace and joy in my life. Amen? But it reminds you, i got to be submitted. i got to submit myself to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in my life. Verse 7, it says this. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights against God's plans and refuses to submit to his direction. Point number two is this. The Holy Spirit renews our minds and then what? Leads us where? To repentance. Okay? Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says this. So I say the Holy Spirit guides your lives, and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. Can I get an amen from anybody? You're like, I know what this feels like. This is every day. Every day. And the spirit gives desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Now listen, I understand when I say the word repentance, everybody in here cringes, okay? Everybody, you tighten your butt just a little bit. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, boy, we're going there today. He said repentance, okay? Now, why? Why do we feel that way when we hear that word? I believe it's because of this. A lot of us grew up with pastors and people who were really legalistic. And these people were more concerned about changing the outside of you before anything on the inside ever changed. Okay? They wanted you to conform to the picture of what a Christian looked like, right? It had nothing to do with the inside. It had everything to do with how quickly can we change the outside appearance so that you look, smell, talk like a Christian, right? It's more about legalism. Okay? And a lot of them just beat you up growing up. And for a lot of you, okay, these people never really even liked you. That was what's frustrating. I remember feeling that growing up. Like people that wanted me so much to change, that I'm like, you don't even know me. You don't even really care about me or who I am. You even get to know me. And people beat us up. Let me give you an example. It's like, it's like this, okay? 
I remember going to like summer camp. Okay, anybody went to summer camp growing up? Some good memories of summer camp. A lot of days on the basketball court, girls look, looking at me, checking me out as I played. <laughs> but I remember being at summer camp, and they would be like, they'd be like, man, we're gonna bring the fire tonight. You know, and you know what that meant. And they're like, man, we're bringing the fire. It was like, you know, they would come in. They're like, man, your sin is separating you from Christ Jesus. Or you are giving the devil a foothold in your life. Or where do you, I remember this was a big one. Like, where do you stand with Jesus tonight? <laughs> Melissa knows what I'm talking about. would be like, where do you stand with Jesus tonight? I'd be like, oh, man, I, I sure hope I'm good. You know what I mean? And, and, and you would question who you were in Christ Jesus. Okay, how many of you remember in 1999 in a movie where this kid said, I can see dead people, okay, remember that? Okay, I'll never forget. It's like 2000, I'm at a summer youth camp, and they are doing a like drama, an illustrated sermon, a skit about a kid that could see spiritual dead people, you know what I mean? You know, and I'm, like, sitting there, and it, like, freaked the heck out of me because they would have, like, the people, like, come out, and they would be, like, normal, you know, and be like, yeah, that's cool, you know what I mean? And then they would, and then the kid would, like, see them on the video, like, spiritually dead, and they, they look like demons, you know what I mean? They just look dead, and the whole thing was about, like, you know, they love Jesus, but they're dead inside, and they're really not living the life they're supposed to live. And I remember these things. You know what it caused me to do? It caused me to what? Repent. And I would be like, oh, Lord Jesus, I got five porno mags in the barn at home. You know what I mean? And my mom and dad are sitting in the back right now. You know, they're here today. And they're like, that's awesome, Jeff. That's great, you know? You know, I'd be like, or I remember I'd be like, you know, Lord Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry for the music I, I listen to. I'm going to take every, you know, Snoop Dogg CD I have. I'm going to take every Dr. Dre CD I have, every Master P, Silk the Shocker, Eminem. You know what I mean? I mean, we could just keep, I mean, we NWA. I mean, we can just keep going. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take every CD I have. I'm going to throw it in the garbage. I'm going to burn it all, you know? Yeah. But you know why this didn't work? Because it was a fear gospel. And it wasn't real repentance. You're just scared. I'm like, I don't want to go to hell. I remember, I don't know if any of you remember this, but back in the 80s, they used to do these things called to hell and back. Like they would dress up our whole entire sanctuary like hell. When you're like seven years old and you walk into church and you're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, there's like smoke everywhere and everything looks like, you know what I mean? And, you know, and then they have people that you know and they're like supposedly in hell now and you're like, oh, it's going to be me someday, you know what I mean? And they're like, I'm burning. And I'm like, ah, you know, you're seven, you know? This is real. And so you repent. You're not really repenting. Because what does the Bible really talk about repentance? What, what does it really mean? See, the word repentance is used 50 different times in the New Testament. 
The word repentance was never designed to bring guilt and shame and condemnation and fear into your life. Ever. That was not the point of it. Okay? Jesus took your guilt and shame. Jesus nailed it to the cross. Romans 2, verse 4 says this. You are actually unaware, ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance. Listen. The Holy Spirit, in his goodness, in his kindness, in his love, in his mercy, in his grace, it's the goodness of God that leads you to go, you know what? Maybe there are some things I need to change in my life. And it's not out of fear. And it's not out of shame. And it's not out of guilt. Because here's the truth about those things. You will repent, and then about three weeks later, what you repented for, it's even worse than it was three weeks before. Can I get an amen? You know what I feel? It's the goodness of God. See, the word repentance in the Greek, the Hebrew, what does it really, really mean? It means this, fully convinced and persuaded. Fully convinced and persuaded, okay? I might think that something is wrong or something isn't right, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I am fully convinced and persuaded. This is the job of the Holy Spirit. This is why, look, I'm never, I, I'm never going to go to Matt and be like, hey, the Lord told me all your sin, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is what we got to deal with. That's not my job, right? My job is to love Matt, bless Matt. Now, there might be some times I might say, hey, let's, let's talk about some stuff. But the reality is, it's the Holy Spirit's job to reveal. Remember what the Bible said? The Holy Spirit does what? Exposes sin. So it exposes, Matt, this thing you're doing in your life, it's grieving me. It's grieving the relationship between you and God. And I want to deal with this so that you can live in what? Joy and peace. You see what I mean? The Holy Spirit doesn't reveal sin so that he can get on you and make you feel guilty and shameful. He gets on you so that you can get into joy and freedom in Jesus Christ. That's why he leads us. See, so what is the difference between somebody who has repented and somebody that has not repented? The person that has repented says this, I am fully convinced and I'm fully persuaded by the Holy Spirit no matter what culture says, no matter what time I live in, that the word of God is truth and it is the guide of my life. And I submit to the word of God. The one that is not repentant is the one that says, you know what? I like grace, but I'm not fully convinced and persuaded that my way is not so better. Right? I like the grace of God, and I want heaven, but I'm not fully convinced 
that what I think about life still isn't higher than what God said about life. But the Holy Spirit leads us in his goodness so that we can come to a place and I can go, you know what? You're right, Holy Spirit. You're right, Word of God. I've got to change the way that I speak to my wife because I want to live the blessed life. Can you feel the Lord right now? He's going, I don't, I'm not mad at you. The Lord is not mad at you ever. The other night, the Lord wasn't mad at me. He goes, I just want better. I want better. I have more, Jeff. So I wake up the next morning, and the Holy Spirit, the first thing he tells me to do, he says, pick up your clothes. Right? Why? Because it's a big deal to my wife. I mean, you all know I have like a thousand pairs of shoes. Can you imagine where they land in my house? You know what I mean? They're everywhere. It drives my wife nuts. So the Holy Spirit goes, go pick up your shoes. And see, we don't, we don't think that the Lord's interested in these things, like these little things. But he's so interested in these things because he wants you to experience abundance and victory in everything. Amen? And he leads us with his goodness and his kindness. Point number one was the Holy Spirit and the Word of God renews our minds, and then the Holy Spirit leads us to repentance, and then where does that lead us to? Holy Spirit leads us to obedience. Holy Spirit leads us to obedience. You can come on up. Romans chapter 6, verse 16 says this. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But it says this, but choose carefully. Choose carefully. For you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. So the Lord goes, I want you to understand something. In this life, I'm going to give you free will. And in free will, you are going to have the opportunity to choose whatever you decide. You can choose to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. You can choose to allow the Holy Spirit not to lead you. You can choose to submit to the Word of God. You can choose not to submit to the Word of God. You can choose to do what you want in this life. This is, this is your choice. It says this. You will become... It will become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death, okay? So where do we find death in our life? We find death in our life in anything that we don't submit to the Word of God. I was praying in here a couple weeks ago, right here. And I was praying for so many and just praying for our church because the greatest thing that I desire is for you to have victory in life in everything. And I was praying for some people and praying for some people financially. And I was just praying. And I was just, I was asking God to bless and favor and to pour out grace upon their life. And the Lord said, you teach them to obey me. If you teach them to obey my word, they will live in blessing. It's my promise. It's my promise. 
So anywhere we find death, it's because we haven't submitted ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We haven't submitted ourselves to the Word of God. Some of us live in financial death because we haven't submitted ourselves to the Word of God. The Lord goes, I want you to give, I want you to give, I want you to give. And you go, nope, nope, I got better plans, I got better plans. The Holy Spirit will go, I want you to honor your wife, I want you to honor your wife. I want you to treat your husband well, I want you to treat your husband well. You go, nope, I have different ideas, I got different agendas. And we go, why, why do we have death? Why is there death here? And the Lord goes, I'll tell you why there's death, because you've chosen your master. Me and Nicole, man, we had a conversation, what, two months ago about a relationship that she was in? And I flat out told her, I said, Nicole, you gotta choose either God's design and plan for your life or choose him. It's not because I don't love her. It's not because the Holy Spirit doesn't love her. The Holy Spirit wants blessing, goodness, grace to flow in Nicole's life. Amen? It says this, but if you choose to love and obey God, he will leave you into perfect righteousness. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. This is like a life verse in our house, in the Workmeister house, this is a life verse. It says this, if you're willing, if you're willing, if you're willing and obedient, because you can't be obedient unless you're willing. You can't be obedient unless you are fully persuaded and convinced that God's way and God's agenda is better and higher than mine. So if you are willing to obey, this is what God promises. You shall eat the best of the land. You shall have the best of the land. I am never going to apologize for living in God's blessing and in God's economy and God's favor upon my life. Never, ever. Now, I'm never gonna take credit for it, ever. Everything I have is because of God's grace and his goodness and his love and his mercy upon my life. But at the same time, me and Jess, in our home, in our family, we have made decisions in our home to say, you know what? We are willing and we are obedient. We are willing and we are obedient. We are willing to trust the Lord. We are willing to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. We are willing to let him lead us. And when he tells us to go, we will go. And when he tells us to do something, we will do it. And we will follow his voice no matter what cost there is. Mark and Brenda, it is time in the name of Jesus to listen to the Holy Spirit and do exactly what he said. The Lord says, now, now, now is the time. Now is the time. You will see my right hand, my mighty right hand, the Lord says, and I will lead you and I will guide you. But now, now is the time. Now is the time. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.